You're listening to Go with Jamarlin Martin. We have a go hard or go home approach as we talk to the leading tech leaders, politicians, and influencers. Let's go. This is part two of my interview with Deshaun Amira. If you missed part one, you want to make sure you go back and check it out. One of the actors uh, that's going to be in a movie about the real OG Black Panthers mm. out of Oakland. I'm not talking about the Marvel uh, <laughs> Black Panthers, our Black Panther. Right. Uh, but there's a movie coming out yeah. that's going to be about the real Black Panthers. And okay. you have mm. some African-Americans going hard and banging against our African brothers and sisters, our brothers who are coming from London, who are getting these roles in Hollywood. And so what the African-American, what, what some of these people are, are saying is, why are all these Hollywood jobs going to African immigrants and these people? We, why can't we get the jobs? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's connected to the Koreans or the Arabs. Is The reason you can't get the job is because you don't believe in optimizing culture and you don't have a knowledge of self and you don't even want to get it, a lot of you. So you're not going to be competitive to people who are connected to intact cultures well, and have a knowledge of self. I mean, if you are an actor and you're trying to be in Hollywood, you want to be a fucking blockbuster, you know, uh, lead role in the movies, bitching about other people getting roles is not going to help you do Present that. Your actor. It's wow. not going to help you do that. Even if you're right. Right? Of course, like there is bias and there's racism and there's, you know, un- unconscious bias and all these things are true. But just cuz this thing is true does not mean that that needs to be your focus. If that's good. your goal, that's not going to help you. Now, if there's people outside of like who want to champion that as a cause and try to help Black actors get more roles. That's their role. But as an actor, and you're trying to be in the game, same as like an entrepreneur. If you're trying to be in the game and you're a player, you don't have time to be worried about and bitching about what the rules of the game are. You have to just play. So I would... I wouldn't be whining about that. I would be at the audition somewhere. <laughs> I'd, yeah. be, I'd be auditioning somewhere, or I'd be studying these other actors to figure out how they're getting these, how they get, how they're getting these roles. Yeah, that's how I would look at it. It was reported that you just had, of course, an, um, a twenty-three million dollar fundraising round, uh, and you have raised thirty-six million dollars today in total. Uh, but what stuck out to me was. You still own the majority. Is that factual? No. Okay. I'm you, the ma- I'm the majority shareholder. Me- meaning I have the largest. You have the largest. I have the largest position. position. You have the largest position. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so that brings up something that came up uh, last week in ATL. I was talking to Kai Bond. Uh, no, nobody po- would have venture back company. Yeah, at, yeah, that's at, yeah, that's, at, that's, that's, impo- that's yeah, yeah. impossible. Yeah, So I was talking to an investor, Kai Bond, uh, in ATL. Um, no, in Miami uh, last week. Uh, and he's a partner at Comcast Ventures. And what he said, look, I see hundreds, thousands of deals over the years. He said, when the black man and woman come to the other side of that table, yeah. he said the majority of the time they're under negotiating for the same thing that other folks have. 
in terms of valuation, right. in terms of how much you're going to own not coming, the company. They're not coming strong enough. Yeah, right. he's saying that I've seen different yeah. types of entrepreneurs, but the black man and woman, 80% or so of the time, they are under-negotiating. Without can, a doubt. Can, why is that? You know, there's a, you have to have the same degree or a sense of entitlement, you know, that the white guy has when they come in. Like, they see the world as like, I should be able to have all of this. We don't have that, like, because we're, we're coming from such a place of like lack and scarcity that like we're just like, oh my god, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my god. We're like the locks and Diddy. Oh my god. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how we're looking yeah. at it. You know, who's and, to blame for that, or does that matter? Who's to blame who's for to it? Blame? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I mean, <laughs> society. I, I mean, again. You know, if, if like macro scale, our history and our culture has created this situation where, you know, we as as people don't highly, you know, we don't value ourselves, our abilities, our potential to the degree that they really are. We're intimidated a lot of times walking into places where we feel like we're coming from such a place of scarcity and lack of and you walk into this place of like abundance and you're scared to ask for all the abundance like you know and it's cra- it's a it's a very diff- it's a crazy feeling it is a crazy feeling like i i i've had to work on it myself to be like remind myself like yo don't be walking in here timmy like you know what i'm saying like this is your shit they're lucky yeah they're lucky to get a piece of my shit that's how you have to think about it. And in fact, the first lesson I learned in raising money that I didn't even realize I was not doing, and somebody reminded me, I would go have a, a meeting with somebody, and they'd be like, oh, this sounds amazing, and da-da-da-da, okay, great, let's follow up and have a next, you know, next thing. And I would leave the meeting, I'd be like, yo, this shit went so good, we're going to follow up. We're going to follow up. It's going to be a follow up. No follow-up. And then somebody asked me, did you ask them for the money? Did you ask them if they would invest? And I was like, no, I didn't. Why would they invest if you didn't ask for it? I was not even asking for it. I was scared to ask for a quarter million dollars from somebody that I don't know. And... It's not a, it's not, I'm, I, it's not a, like a natural thing. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have, I never, no one ever gave me quarter million dollars or $50,000 or anything like that. It's a weird feeling. Um, but then as you start to understand the psychology, you, you understand their side of things. They're just as like eager and nervous about losing a deal. So then you start to understand how valuable you are in that equation and that, we're both here on the same level, and that's how you need to interact with people. And by the way, end of the day, people really don't want to invest in you if they feel like you don't have that sense of self-worth also. That brings up a concept by an academic called stereotype threat. Uh, he's done a whole book on this subject where, where he says that when we go into these situations, 
because there's a perceived stereotype, it messes up our performance. Does that sound right to you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you walk into these meetings, and, and that, but that's the challenge, right? That's the challenge. And, I, and you walk in with all these stories in your head about who that person is, who you are, who you, how you think they see you, you know, how you think you should be seeing him. There's all this like just, you know, yippity yap in your head built up of all this like non-factual, not based on actual like real experience. It's just like these storylines of like who you are and who that person is in that room. And it's very confusing. Our, our, our challenge like as African-Americans is that like we have to always know that we're black. We have to for survival. Like you have to know that it is dangerous out here as a black man. There is real stuff going on. There's real threats. At the same time, you have to hold that. And at the same time, you have to walk into that room and like forget that at the same time. And forget all the storylines that go along with that. You're just in this room with this person. You guys are eye to eye. That stuff does not matter. If this guy doesn't fuck with you because you're black and he can't get over that, you're pitching the wrong person. Then that's all there is to it. Next, who's the next investor I'm pitching? You know, it's hard to navigate, but it's, it's doable. You know, it's doable. And, like, uh, and, and, and a lot of people are getting funded now. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Richard Lou Dennis, I believe he was the lead investor of your latest mm -hmm. round. Mm -hmm. How important is it for you to have a black man in your cap table mm. sponsoring you mm. where we got to own our rise? Meaning that, yeah, you know, we, there's all these programs and diversity and stuff, but some of our people who have the bigger wallets, they can step up and they, we got to own our own rise, at least a piece of it. It can't be just you know, begging for checks from white folks in Silicon Valley. Yeah. It means everything to me. And it's one, like, Rich is one of the most amazing, like, inspirational human beings that I've ever met. And, and I just get, I get so much inspiration from his story and the time, the patience, the commitment, the unwaveringness of his mission to bring it all the way to completion and fruition and build a massive company that held its core values, served its community, and won economically. And having the patience and commitment to ride that, to ride that ride, that is so inspirational to me. Um, that now to have somebody like that who you know, prior to knowing Rich, I did not have a 
you know, I didn't have a figure that I could look at and be like, that's, I'm trying to be like that guy. Like, I'm trying to do that. Like, exactly what he did, that's what I'm trying to do. And now I have that guy, I have that guy in my corner, got him on my cap table, got him on my, in my uh, boardroom, and, and now I want to win even more. I want to make rich even more money because of like what he's done, how he's done it, the way that even in even in winning now, the way that he's now going back out and supporting the community and and like putting dollars behind the things that he's talking about, it's it's amazing. And it's, I I don't see it I don't really see it being done anywhere else like to that degree that like Rich is doing it. So what's a a big thing that you learn uh, since you got into the game that you wish you knew before, that you had to kind of go into these corporate streets and learn it, but you, would, you didn't get it before, but you wish you knew you, you kind of, you had it before you started. I think the earlier you can be, the earlier you can be really confident and not see yourself as minimal in that world and you see yourself on that same level, the more effective you're going to be and the more successful you're going to be in that world. Ben Horowitz, when he invested in Maven, afterward, like shortly after, he emailed me and he was like, I'm going to introduce you to like a couple CEOs who run billion dollar businesses and you need to talk to them. Um, he was like, because you need to stop seeing yourself as the the odd duck black hair guy and you need to see yourself as the CEO of a multi-billion dollar beauty franchise you gotta own it in your mind you have to yeah. be it you have to be that and you can't see yourself you have to see yourself that way and that is coming from where we come from it's a further distance to travel to mentally to get there um, and so you have to put in extra work to get yourself and keep yourself in that mind, in that mind frame. He didn't say it in those, in, in, in kind of these words, but kind of like, hey, dude, you're, you're undervaluing yeah. your vision and what you bring to the table. He's, and he's I, just, he's just, keep, he's just he's telling you the real. real. Yeah, yeah, he's just keeping it real. He's like, I can see on you, you don't see yourself as big yet as you are. And you need to see yourself as bigger. If there could be two pillars you can leave the audience with in terms of being successful and being a successful entrepreneur, uh, what advice would you share for the audience? Uh, two, two of them. I mean, one, I, I think that um, you have to invest in your, in your strengths and invest in things that you have an advantage in. So there's a lot of people when they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And they'll come and they'll talk to you about, oh, the market for this thing over here is so big. And this thing over here is broken and da 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 But what, do you, what does that have to do with you? Why are you suited to go after that, right? A lot of people miss that step. Like, you have to know yourself. Like, you have to take inventory of... What you're good at and what you suck at. So, you know, don't, you know, you're like, if you're, 
you know, you just a, you're like a sociology major, and you've been working at you know whatever the bookstore, and then you come and say, I'm gonna make a marketplace for like Uber. I'm gonna make an Uber for parking or something like that, cause the market's so big. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What does that have to do with you? The the business you go into has to be based on you. Or else someone else who that business that you're going after, who that business is for them, they're gonna kick your ass. You're just gonna get you'll get walked all over because he has or she has the advantage. So one is I just I tell people like you need to sit down and you need to you need to you need to take inventory of who you are, what you're really good at, what your strengths are, what resources do you have that other people do not have. You need to take stock of what you have and then based on that look out into the world and say where does all of this fit into which one of these slots? And then that's your lane. Don't try to just pick a lane because you think it looks good and pretty and big, and then you it's just a big opportunity. Because the big opportunity, you just yeah. pick the lane, and then you just yeah. throw yourself down it, and then you know four or five years later, you realize you know this this other competitor, like he was born for that shit. He was born for that, and now he's walking all over you. Don't get yourself in that position. So, you know that it's a very like broad thing, and it's, but it's like self awareness. Like, be self-aware. Um, one thing that changed a lot of things for me in terms of in the early, early stages of things was um, for me to stop thinking about, like, time so much and, and be more patient about when things are supposed to happen. You know, like, um, you know. In my early 20s, I was like hustling and buying shit out the, you know, from China and selling shit out the trunk of my car. And I was just making fast money. And I was like, by 30, I need to be a millionaire. And that was very destructive. That was not very, that was not, that was not constructive for me because it, it, it forced a very short term thinking way of looking at opportunities. Um, when I got past that, and it really just became about, all right, pick the thing that you're meant to be, the lane you're meant to be in. Commit to doing it, and there is no time. The amount of time that it requires for this to be successful is when it's going to happen. Don't put like a time frame on stuff. Just find the thing that's for you, get to work, and just commit to it. Recently, Amazon was planning to create over 25,000 six-figure jobs in Long Island City slash Queens. There was backlash with, with Amazon. You know, people started asking questions in terms of, hey, you know, Amazon, their market cap is $800 billion. Uh, why would New York taxpayers offer them $3 billion in tax subsidies or in incentives? Apple, you know, other corporations, they come and set up shop in the state they're not begging for any, you know, corporate subsidies or whatever. Hey, you want to do business in the state? You guys are worth almost a trillion dollars. You guys pay for it. And the deal 
based on recent reports, it came down to the, the, the subsidy and also a push for union protection for workers. Uh, I personally don't know why you're worried about a union for jobs that are going to be 100, 150,000. But kind of they started asking questions and Bezos just said, look, you know, you guys are going so far to the left. You know, I don't got time for this. You know, I may have to pay out $50 billion in a divorce. I got, <laughs> I got people tapping my phone. I don't got time to talk about. He's like, that's why I need the, that's why I need the three billion. I got to give her 50. That's why he need the three. Right. So, you know, there's, there's growing tech backlash where Silicon Valley, yeah. you know, Google, yeah. uh, Facebook, uh, not Silicon Valley, but big tech, Amazon, People are starting to ask really big questions in terms of the inequality in society and, you know, just a few companies kind of, you know, controlling a, a lot of share uh, in the economy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Amazon kind of pulling out of New York because of these issues? I mean, full disclosure, I don't I don't know all of the details of it, all of the stuff that that went on. Certainly, I could just say that Bezos can do that um and <laughs> he's a he's a very strong example of like what what patience gets you and patience ultimately gets you a lot of leverage to do whatever the hell you want to do but you know these companies and these businesses are from inception they're devised to be winner take all businesses. Like Silicon Valley, that this is what they're looking for. Like you need that's, you need to clobber everything. That's the mandate. Yeah. The mandate is how are you going to take all of it? So I'm not surprised that we'll find ourselves, you know, in a world where you do have like companies that, you know, have these have leveraged technology and massive, massive, massive amounts of capital to develop impenetrable, you know, moats around them and, you know, just, you know, leverage that cannot be broken, you know, like, so Bezos can put the thing wherever he, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get it where he wants it, how he wants it ultimately. But let's say... Do you see anything wrong about yeah. New Yorkers saying, look, we're concerned about this place turning into a Frisco where there's 100,000 or so homeless everywhere that's getting in your way while you go into a Starbucks. Homeless everywhere, but all these tech companies are doing good. No, I don't. Gentrification. I, in terms I of, don't see anything wrong with that. In terms of asking questions like being yeah. tough. Yeah. No, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm from Oakland, and I don't like how Oakland is now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Because of, you know, the culture that has spread out from Silicon Valley and bled into Oakland and all the, you know, black people can't afford to live there anymore. And so now it's like a lot of just, you know, 
transplants from you know San Francisco or all over the country who live in or work in, in Silicon Valley have zero understanding or really any respect for the culture that was there or the history that was there in Oakland and, or and feel very you know, or Seattle yeah. and feel very entitled to the you know to the place. I personally don't like the the, the culture that has been created there or and the culture that has been sort of diluted and, and erased out of there as well. So no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's a very hard, it's a very, very hard force to fight back against. And, and for the audience, when they talk about hiring 25,000 people at 150K salary, they're not hiring people in Queens in or Long Island City. Those people are getting pushed out. Yeah. What the community is saying, we need to start looking at this stuff because we see San Francisco, we see Seattle. Let's be thoughtful about this. It's not just yeah. simplistic. 25,000 jobs. Let's start crip walking for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Crip walking for Amazon. So what's, right. your, what's your response yeah. to this tweet? Uh, when everyone thinks micro and short term, they often lose macro and long term. Hollywood gave it all to Netflix. Media companies... Gave it all to Facebook. New York just had a few questions for Amazon. Yeah. That when people are simplistic in short yeah. term and they yeah. can't rationalize markets yeah. and they're not thinking about the big picture, well, Netflix is going to break Hollywood. Yeah. Facebook going to break the media companies and control the advertising market that when you're not thinking yeah. big, yeah. big picture. Right. I, I would agree with that. And I think, again, like people taking short money is always the, the downfall. Taking the short money is always the downfall. And the person who's got the more patient capital is going to get you in the end. Like the leverage comes with the time. And, you know, so it's really, it's tempting to just try to like take the, take the bag, but then that'll be all you'll ever get is the bag. And you won't get any like power, right? There's bag and there's power. And power comes from from leverage, you know, and, and leverage comes from having influence over a large area of some sphere of influence. And so if you just keep selling off little pieces of your influence and whatever for little for little bags, you will not have anything left. So I you know, so so I think it's I think that's good for New York to be asking those questions and, and for New York to value itself like that. Right. Like not undervalue itself and say, why am I like, why am I going to give you all my shit just for you to come over here and kick it and make even more money? You Where, can't use yeah, the technology yo, with 25,000 jobs. Well, they're like, yo, this is New York. This is New York. You can't just like, I, I feel it. I yeah. feel them. I feel them. They're like, man, don't come in here acting like this is in New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I'm with him on that, and uh, I, I don't feel any sort of way. You know, I don't feel sad for Bezos. He's gonna find. He's gonna. He's gonna be, be okay. He'll, he'll be okay. I'm guessing. Yeah. Even after he loses the fifty. On that note, I want to thank uh, Deshaun for coming on the show. Thank you, man. This is fun. Let's I go. It. Thanks everybody for listening to Go. You could check me out at Jamarley Martin on Twitter, and also come check us out at moguldom.com. That's M-O-G-U-L-D-O-M.com. Be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter. You can get the latest information on crypto, tech, economic empowerment, and politics. Let's go.